Hello and welcome to the Prep Hoop Circuit Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Reynolds, back for another edition. Uh, we've been trying to get this one together for a little bit, but, uh, well, due to travel and no Wi-Fi and hotels at times and everything else, it has uh, been a, a little bit longer than expected, but that's okay. This is going to be about the grind region wrapping up uh, that region. I have got Curtis Wilkerson on here with me, who was at the finals. Uh, Curtis, this was an exciting finals that really, you know, a lot of these games went down to the wire. Uh, there was tons and tons of prospects at the set, at really at all levels, but, you know, focusing on 17U, there's a lot of guys who are going to play college basketball that were playing here. And that, that was just probably the, you know, f- the part for me that was really fun to see is just one, we had a bunch of college coaches there. I think it was over 70 or 80 in that range uh, from D2 down that could be out. And, uh, I mean, there was a lot of players to really take a look at, and it was an exciting event. Yeah, no doubt, Matt. That was uh, really one of my biggest takeaways was just the sheer volume of college coaches that were there to check out these prospects. Uh, the back walls of all of the gyms were just lined with coaches, and, and that was really incredible to see. And you spoke to it, too. Really, really competitive, tons of talent. Each division was, was competitive and deep. They all kind of had their unique storylines. This is a great event. Let's go ahead and just dive into the 17U bracket. I want to start there. Uh, where, you know, we'll, let's go, we're going to go, there's four quadrants of this bracket. We'll go to the top right quadrant is where we'll start. And we're going to try to touch on as many teams, as many prospects as we can. Uh, do note that there there's a lot of teams in here and a lot of really talented teams, so we're probably not going to be able to get to everybody, but we're going to get to as many as we can. I want to start with Team Spates. They make a run all the way to the Elite Eight before they are, are put out by Team Fo Elite. Marlowe's squad had a big-time game in that one. But, uh, man, I, I just, to attest to it, Team Spates, uh, they have so many players. Uh, you've got Eric Lee on the wing who had a big weekend. Deontay Blanche uh, was their point guard and really the mainstay of the team all year long. He just recently committed to Murray State. Uh, and, you know, he's a Division One player. He's, he Who knows? Maybe he's the next Ja Morant. Oh, I have no clue, but I can tell you one thing. The kid can play, and Team Spates overall, they really had an awesome year and recapped it uh, in good fashion, making it an Elite Eight appearance in this tough tournament. Absolutely, yeah. They had a great weekend. I, I was fortunate enough to see them at the Summer Challenge in Chicago. This is one of those groups that they're out of Florida, and, and they've kind of traveled to different tournaments throughout the country at this point. Um, and, and they wound up at the grind region finals and they did really well. You know, they were obviously one of our favorites as a two seed. Uh, and you touched on a number of those guys and, and the two that really stood out to me also Deontay Blanche and Eric Lee. Those guys are incredible. Uh, Blanche is just really, really strong with the basketball. He's a great playmaker for them. He can score it. He can distribute. He can defend anything you need him to do. Uh, and then Eric Lee was just a walking highlight. I mean, that guy was flying all over the place. If he gets out and transition, look out. He is a dunk waiting to happen. No doubt about that. Uh, moving down, uh, really quickly touch on Tennessee Edge and Pluto Prospects. They had a really, really good game in that opening round. 34-31, low scoring. Uh, two two teams that toughed it out. Pluto ended up falling, and Tennessee Edge uh, fell right after that two-team space. But both those teams had a really good year the Oklahoma Eagles they were one of the surprises of the season to be quite honest and they made quite a push getting all the way to the Sweet 16 CJ Campbell had an awesome weekend for them their point guard who can just do it all Uh, it's fun to see teams like this Curtis make a run I mean first off before the summer I had never honestly guessed they would be the 18th seed in this region but they were and they're able to beat a, a good San Antonio Tar Heels squad in the first round follow that up with a close win over the 15 seed, which was an extreme upset, the Texas Elite Warriors, 61-57. And then they did fall two team spades, but like I said, a sweet 16 appearance by them. Very impressive uh, from that group. Yeah, that was really impressive. You're right, and, and that's something you touched on there that I thought was one of the bigger takeaways in the 17U division uh, is just the overall depth of the bracket. Um, if you go through and look, you know we have a, a team like that that was seeded 18th, they made a deep run. We had we had two teams that were seated lower than 35 uh, that made it all the way into championship Sunday. And we can call it a, a Cinderella story or, or whatever you want, but when you see those teams on the court with the higher seeds, they belong. Those teams are good. They're talented. And it just speaks to the overall quality of the event. No doubt. Uh, moving down a little bit, uh, Tulsa Hawks, I want to give them a, a shout-out. They had 
literally, I mean, you look at their record in the league this year. Every game they lost was pretty much within a possession or two, uh, with a few exceptions. But, I mean, they, they had so many close losses. Uh, but a talented group, Caden Hell at the point, is a kid that uh, small colleges should take a look at at the NAIA D2 level, somewhere in that range. Uh, he's going to project to. Uh, Connor Calavan is their best overall prospect, just a, an incredible shooter from the wing that is starting to expand his game a lot. And he's getting a lot of looks at the D2 level. And several others. Josh Minnie is another guy to mention. Uh, and, and even a couple young guys uh, that on that team that you'll see next year playing 17U again. They played up this year. That's a team to keep an eye on this year for all those seniors to recruit them as well as going forward. Some of those young guys keep close tabs on. Now as we move down a little further in the bracket, North Texas Crush. They came in as the 63 seed. That's right. Uh, or sorry, as the 10 seed. Take that back. They won 63-57 in their opening game, and they continued it all the way to the Sweet 16, but they eventually ran into Texas foe, Team Foe Elite out of Texas, and uh, Marlowe's squad with LeBron uh, Hill leading the way and, and so many others for that team, they just had a really, really good year. Uh, Connor Waves, another good wing that they had. Um, as well as their two big fellas inside. I mean, that this is a group that had a great run. They made it all the way to the Final Four and in impressive style. So wanted to give them some love as uh, they were able to have a big year. All Arkansas Red also made a pretty good run, getting a win in the opening round that was close, two-point game, and then uh, they ended up falling in that round of 32 to uh, Team Phil Elite, uh, as I said. Now let's move down to the bottom right quadrant, which is where one of our uh, championship game teams came from. And this was a murder's row bracket, to be quite honest. Possibly, I, I'm not even going to say possibly, this was the toughest quadrant, I think, to get out of. Uh, you start with AAO Flight, uh, the three seed overall, who is up at the top. They had a really great season, I thought, and they were able to get all the way to the Elite Eight before they met up with Buddy Buckets, who came out of the bottom half. A uh, few teams to touch on that are in the middle there. Oklahoma Power makes it to the round of 32 before falling to that tough AO team. Uh, Texas Tar Heels, I mean, this is a team that made a run, the 19th seed, all the way into the Sweet 16, so they outdid themselves, uh, really having a great weekend. The Amarillo, Amarillo Bulldogs uh, were another squad in there that had a, had a good opening round win. Um, I mean, when you look at a 51 seed beating a 14 seed, uh, Curtis, I think you touched on it earlier, but that was the fun part of just having this bracket. And for those out there that maybe you're listening for the first time, you have no clue really what the prep circuit is. I mean, we built all the way to this point, to this final event, and this seeding was done off records. I mean, that's it was based off a point system that was primarily based off records and strength of schedule, um, things that matter all year long, Curtis. And I mean, when you see a team... Uh, like the Amarillo Bulldogs as a 51 seed, go knock off a 14 seed in the opening round. Uh, that's as impressive as it gets. Yeah, absolutely. You're right about that. This this particular quadrant, quadrant had tons of, of really talented teams. And again, just that overall depth where you see uh, some of these higher seeded teams get, get knocked off early. Um, and, and that's just kind of the way it is in these events. You know, they say in the NCAA tournament, uh, just get in and see what happens. And, and a lot of these teams took advantage of that, and you saw them make nice runs. Uh, you spoke to Team AAO. Uh, what a quality group they've been the entire summer. Uh, really impressive group of guys out of northwest Arkansas. Uh, you know, guys like Elliot Pascal, just a great playmaker, has been vital for them. He doesn't have to score it. He can just get things done. He's a great distributor, defender, tough-nosed kid. Uh, was really impressed with Lawson Jenkins, 6'6", uh, can kind of play inside out. He's gotten a lot stronger, uh, really a complete player for them. I thought he had a big weekend. He's able to elevate and, and finish above the rim. Really, really good shooter at his size. I, I thought he had a great weekend. Uh, and then Lawson Blake, uh, another guy for AAO, 6'10", big man. I actually saw him uh, at a holiday tournament in Missouri uh, that, that his high school happened to be playing in. And it's just incredible the strides he's made up to this point in just a few months. He's added a lot of size, a lot of confidence. He's got nice touch around the rim. He's playing strong, snatching down the boards. Uh, really a good group, AAO. They had a great year. 
AO was honestly one of my favorite groups. And it's, you know, when you go through this, it's almost a little saddening because I met this group a couple years ago for the very first time watching them at 15U, and they've just come up through the ranks. They're consistent. They play well together, and they have so many pro- college prospects on this team. It's not even funny. Lawson Jenkins, let me just tell you, college coaches, at the D2 level, if you're not on this kid, you've already missed it. You need to go after him. I mean, that's a kid that is really, really talented, and I really think he's just scratching the surface of his potential, to be quite honest. Drew Miller, another really good shooter on the outside. Elliot Pascal, he's got the mullet going. He's got the swagger on the court. He was our player of the weekend in Wichita when we had the tournament in May, and for good reason. He, he has a lot of really good skill sets. And the nice thing about this team, too, is if you're recruiting them, all the wings have size. They all have a bunch of size. Uh, and you mentioned the big fella inside. I mean, they, this was a good team. And, I mean, they made a really great run to the Elite Eight before falling to that uh, really tough Buddy Bucket squad. Now, as moved towards the bottom half where Buddy Buckets came out of, first off, i got to mention Oklahoma Hustle played Buddy Buckets pretty tough in that opening round. They actually led in the first half for uh, quite a bit before Buddy Buckets got control of it. Uh, you move through this and you start to look at Victory Ministry Blue, although they fell in their first game. Uh, they, they played them tough. They played Team Foe, uh, 17U squad, really tough in that bottom half of the bracket. Uh, the KC Pacers White, I mean, they had a good showing, getting a, a first-round victory before falling to Team Griffin, who made it all the way to the Sweet 16 in a, a very competitive Oklahoma showdown between Team Griffin and Buddy Buckets. That was fun to see uh, with Buddy Buckets getting the best of Griffin on this day. And moving on, and as I said, Buddy Buckets makes it all the way to the championship game. The team they ended up playing comes out of the bottom quadrant, but the team most people probably thought would be there in the finals was actually out of the top quadrant, and that was Dallas Showtime Elite, who entered the number one overall seed. Biggie had a squad rolling, and they rolled all the way to the final four. So you have to give them a lot of credit. Still a great run uh, in a tournament of this size. Day-Day Hall was uh, great as always. Uh, He's getting a lot of looks at the D2 level, and you can see why just with his size. He's kind of that uh, guy at the four-man that can be a mismatch, really talented guy. But, I mean, you look at this top quadrant, uh, Curtis, and and as I look at it, Dallas Showtime Elite was the clear one seed in it. Uh, there are some other teams to highlight, but uh, I want to start with Dallas Showtime and just the, the year that they had overall. What did you think of their squad? Yeah, wow. What, what can I say about those guys? I mean, when they take the floor, they have all the looks of, of a college team out there. Just incredible size, length, athleticism uh, across the board, and, and they're deep. They were a really, really impressive group the entire summer uh, and had a really nice run in Wichita. You mentioned Day-Day Hall. I mean, just, just an incredible player, really versatile. There's so much to like about him. Uh, Dante Houston, a 6'9", just impro- imposing frame, just Gary, the amount of things he can do at that size. Obviously, at, at six foot nine, he's all over the glass, uh, plays above the rim. He even stepped out and, and he's knocking down threes. He's, he's taking guys off the dribble from the perimeter. Uh, very, very quality player. Uh, Sherman Brashear, I, I watched him a, a couple times over the course of the weekend, and he just he's got the clutch factor. Just hit big three after big three for them. Uh, really, really a quality spring and summer for Dallas Showtime. And moving on in that quadrant to a few other teams that I wanted to make sure and highlight as it was, once again, another one that had some had some quality squads. It really did. Um, you, know, you know, you move forward, and TSK uh, was a group overall at the 17U level that had a good weekend, solid weekend for them. Missouri Flight Blue is the main team I want to make sure and highlight here as they had a great group, a great season. Uh Daniel Abreu, uh, Daniel Abreu, sorry, Daniel, I'm always trying to get your name right. I, it, hopefully I said it right there on the second time. If you haven't heard Daniel Abreu's name, let me tell you, you will hear it a lot. He's got some D1 offers on the table, uh, and he could go to any D2 in the country uh, if he wants to. Uh, it's, it's that simple because, quite frankly, when you get Northwest uh, Missouri to offer you the best Division II basketball program in the country, uh, in the best conference in the MIAA in the country, in my opinion, for D2. I mean, you're going to – he has his pick of the litter, D2-wise and D1-wise. I think, uh, you know, if he continues to wait around, I think he'll even pick up some more throughout the high school season if he doesn't want to sign early. 
Uh, but who knows? Maybe he'll go to Northwest and just have a great career there as well. That's definitely not a bad option uh, as well. But I mean, I think that I think Daniel Abreu uh, is the main guy on Missouri Flight Blue. But he was definitely not the only guy. They had a lot of talent on this Missouri Flight team, Curtis. Yes. Yeah, they've really been a fun team to watch. Obviously, uh, predominantly being a Missouri rider, I I get to see a lot of those guys during the high school year and in the summer. Uh, really impressive group you know Daniel Breu uh he he's just a walking bucket you know I I saw him at the blue and gold tournament at at Missouri State and he set the single tournament scoring record there and and he can get it done in so many ways you know he's really developed uh, a lot of confidence in his outside shot he's able to pull up off the dribble and drill it from three He's, he's catching off screens and planting his feet and knocking it down uh when he has confidence in that he's really hard to stop because when he catches the ball from the high post or the short corner and he's in attack mode, uh, good things are going to happen. And he can, he can get to the rim. He can score in the mid range. Uh, he can drive and he's going to draw a lot of attention as a scorer. And, and he's a willing and unselfish passer that will find the open man. Uh, so really, really impressed with him. You, you said there's a lot of, a lot of talented players on that team. There certainly are a few to highlight. Uh, one in particular that I thought had a really nice weekend was Maurice Grayer, a uh, really, really electric guard. Uh, impressed me a lot. I've seen him a few times over the course of the past year, and he's really solid, uh, super, super quick uh, first step. He's really strong with the basketball, driving to the rim, getting downhill in transition. Uh, was really impressed with him. He's starting to knock it down very consistently from beyond the arc, uh, which is only going to expand his game. And then Dante Taylor. Uh, Dante Taylor is a point guard uh, from Parkview High School in Springfield, Missouri. Um, He had a really nice weekend, too. He's tenacious. This guy loves to dig his heels in on the defensive end, uh, and he'll lock anybody up. Uh, Full court, doesn't matter. Uh, Very, very impressed with him. He's another guy that gets it and goes in transition. Uh, Very nice weekend for him as well. They've got some shooters. Uh, Carter Lowry had a very nice weekend for them as well. Uh, very quality team. They've got they've got a lot of depth. I thought they had a really nice year. They did definitely, and making a run until they got upset, uh, and that was the Casey Pacers Blue Squad. Who I mean, I got to give it up to this squad. I mean, they had an awesome, awesome weekend, and did it without one of their better players, Dalton Gaiman. Not there due to injury, unfortunately. Really good wing player, uh, but that didn't stop him. That did not slow them down. Daniel Ortario inside had an awesome weekend. I mean, he was unstoppable, Curtis, and a kid that uh, all the colleges around that were watching definitely were impressed with. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you want to talk about a freakish athlete. He's he's six seven, six eight, just chiseled frame. Uh, it, it's really scary how good he is with so much potential to improve because he's still raw in a lot of ways. Uh, but was really, really unstoppable on the pick and roll. Uh, and they'd lob that thing up there to him, and he's finishing at the rim. Uh, really has some improved touch on that right-hand jump hook. Uh, and then another one of these big guys who all of a sudden, you don't expect it, but he's stepping out. He's knocking down corner threes. He's taking guys off the dribble. Uh, really impressive. And on the defensive end, he was just huge. I mean, anything he could get his hands on, he was pulling it down off of the glass. Great rim protector. Uh, really one of the most impressive prospects I saw for anyone throughout the weekend. And that squad, Casey Pacers Blue, made it all the way, that's right, into the Elite Eight uh, before falling to Dallas Showtime Elite, the number one overall seed in what was a very, very close game. Uh, Now we move towards the bottom quadrant. And in the bottom, the team that made it all the way to the championship game and actually ended up winning the whole thing was a shock. Uh, I won't give you their name yet. We'll, we'll save them for the last uh, to preview in this here. The Houston Raptors Benjamin squad, they got a, a first-round victory. And then in the second round, it was a major upset. And when I say major, this is a major upset. This would be the equivalent in the NCAA tournament to a one seed getting beat by the nine seed uh, if you're you know looking at it from that uh, overall standpoint. But I can tell you Texas takeover elite Kemp. They had a great weekend. Maybe out of all the teams that didn't win it from all the ages that did not win it, this team, I think, had the best weekend because it was not expected of them. Most of these players are 2021 prospects, Curtis, and you look at the run they made 
all the way to the Elite Eight. And even in the Elite Eight, they played uh, NLHA very, very close, 57-61. I mean, this is a squad that had a lot of prospects. And for me, it was just fun and exciting to see a group of 2021s, first off, playing up uh, and playing so well together. Yeah, absolutely. Those guys were definitely just clicking on all cylinders. They were hot at the right time. Uh, really, really impressive run. I was I was on the other end of the floor uh, when they were playing the Houston Raptors in that big upset win, uh, and and you could just hear kind of the excitement and the pulse in the gym uh, to the point where I had to walk down there and see what's going on. I left the game I was at. I had to go see what was going on down there. Uh, just so impressive, and and like you said, their run. Uh, they just kept going and going and going, and they gave uh, the eventual champion everything they wanted and more uh, there on Championship Sunday. So really, really impressive run by Texas Takeover Elite. Those are the games that makes it fun for us uh, as riders. Uh, you know, in my spot is just uh, running the circuit and making sure the event's going well and watching games when I can. It's it's exactly what you just said there. When it's so loud in the gym that you're like, all right. What is happening here? What 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 is happening? We've we've got to make sure and go down and see what the heck's going on. All right, moving down just a little bit, want to highlight a few other teams uh, from this quadrant. Um, you know, I already mentioned Texas Takeover Elite, uh, a team that they ended up facing that also had a really good run. That was Earl Boykin's squad. That's right, uh, the legend. Boykins Basketball Academy, the 45 seed, gets a first-round upset. Big, big upset. This is like a 12-5 upset in the NCAA tournament. Uh, 65-55 over NLHA uh, Silman. And then they uh, continue it and get another upset. This one even bigger. This would be a 5 seed. In essence, be, uh, this would be sorry a 12 seed after having beat a 5 seed. Then they would have... Uh, moved on to the next round, and I mean they're they're playing the Texas Supreme Kings, who are the overall 13th seed. So if you go to the equivalent, that's like uh, all right, you beat a five, and now you get rewarded, and you go get to play a four or a three somewhere in there uh, from the NCAA terms of a bracket. So I mean it was a big weekend for that group out of Colorado. They ended up losing to that Texas Takeover Elite squad in the Sweet 16, but still wanted to make sure. And give them a ton, a ton of love. Now, our eventual champion comes from this next quadrant. Uh, and they actually faced Texas Takeover in back-to-back games. That's right, because Texas Takeover Elite Myron, coming from the very bottom half of the bracket, had a good weekend as well. They were a, that's right, they were the last seed in the tournament. But they get in, they make a run. They beat 110 Whitaker in a very tightly contested game in the second round to continue to move on. And then they ended up falling to the eventual champs, which just had an awesome weekend. And that was the NLHA Gaddis squad. This is a group that was a surprise to me that they won the whole thing. It was not a surprise that they were in the Elite Eight or even in the Final Four because they, they're a team that's been in a lot of these moments, Curtis, but they never really broke through until this event they saved their best for last and i mean this was an incredible run by this group yeah what an impressive run and, and i agree with you you know you, you think about all the teams that were in this and, and you look at teams that might be able to make a run into sunday and and they're certainly on the list but i too was was pretty surprised that they won the whole thing uh but they were just incredible what a, just a super balanced team i mean how good were they it just made a really nice run uh, knocked off the number one seed in Dallas Showtime uh, by 30. I mean, holy cow. Uh, just kind of a statement win there, and, and they cruised all the way to the championship. Really impressive group of guys. Uh, you know, Easton Hunter is just an absolute sniper. He can fill it up from all over the court. He's really a game changer for them. Uh, Trey Reed running the show at the point, keeping them sharp, spreading the floor. A uh, couple other guys, you know, Harper Jones, very versatile. Uh, just great without the ball, moving without the ball, high IQ, high energy guy that makes plays for him. Uh, Thomas King, another versatile player, brings bring size and, and guard skills, the guy that can play inside out. Um, but just, just a very balanced effort. Anyone on that roster could step up at, at any given time and, and give them a big game, and it, it eventually carried them all the way to the end. All right, so that sets the stage. I've already told you who wins the game, and you probably know that by now, but I, we have to touch on this championship game. It was 
probably the most epic championship game I've seen in quite some time when it comes to grassroots basketball. NLHA Gaddis uh, trails for most of the game against Team Buddy Buckets. It goes back and forth in the second half. Uh, I mean, really just down to the wire. Ends up going into overtime. And it looks like Team Buddy Buckets has won the game. It does. It looks like they're going to win the game. Next thing you know, NLHA makes a run. Then you go to the second overtime. Another run. And it just kept on going. This was a multiple overtime game that was just exciting and lived up to. I mean, when you have this big of a bracket, our biggest fear is, oh, no, what if, you know, teams, uh, by the time they get the championship game, what if it's kind of a dud? This is the last thing from a dud. I mean, this was a fireworks game, prospects all over the floor. Uh, Trajan Davis had a really good weekend for Team Buddy Buckets. Uh, JT had a really good weekend. Jordan Thompson for Buddy Buckets as well at the point. Uh, and I mean, it, as it goes down the stretch, Christian Cook's another name for Buddy Buckets, and we can go on and on. Want to make sure they get their uh, their due, their love. And Sam Godwin inside was a monster in this game. I mean, he was everywhere making plays. But uh, Curtis, it was really cool to see this game go uh, so deep into the bracket. Easton Hunter, let me just tell you, that's the first time I got to watch him for a full game. I've seen him several times before a full game, and well, he put on a show, and you, you see why he's, you know, uh, getting the pub and the notoriety that he is now. I mean, he's, he's a guy that can go play at the D2 level and be really successful, I feel like. And, I mean, this was this was a big-time game. And for college coaches, I want to give a shout-out to the three that stayed because this was a long tournament. And by the time they got to Sunday, they've seen these teams five or six times. But, I mean, they just wanted to stay. Got to give my guy Jimmy Boone some love at the University of Arkansas, Fort Smith. Uh, he was there. Uh, as well as Oklahoma Christian. Uh, they were in the house. Uh, and last but not least, can't leave them out, uh, we had Missouri Southern, who stuck around and watched this contest. I mean, this was a just an all-out brawl, one of those fun games to end what was an awesome weekend for the 17U bracket, Curtis. Absolutely. I mean, you couldn't possibly dream up a better finish than what we had there. Uh, you mentioned it as epic. That's the perfect word for it. I mean, back and forth, multiple overtime, just what a great game with, with big-time players making big-time plays throughout. Uh, you highlighted several of those guys, one in particular that I wanted to expand on even more, Sam Godwin, the, the big man there for Buddy Buckets. He's just – he really, really impressed me. He's got soft hands, just catches everything, uh, really nice touch. He, he's a lob threat. He, he gets out in transition and can finish. Uh, really skilled on the block. I, I was really impressed with him. Uh, he was big for them down the stretch, as well as the other two guys that you mentioned there, Christian Cook and, and JT. Those guys were fantastic. What a great game. And, you know, to those, to those coaches who stuck around, they were definitely in for a treat, as were we. Uh, just a fantastic finish to a fantastic weekend. Moving on to the 16U bracket, Curtis, uh, I want to touch on, you know, and start with, Buddy Buckets, obviously, they have the tremendous year. They're the ones who end up winning this whole bracket. They were a major, major favorite heading into it. Uh, they face a BTR squad, though, that gave them a run for their money. Took them into overtime. Marty Perry in that game had 39 points. Uh, yet another game that ends up going down to the wire. One of the championship game just continues to bring up just how much this tournament did uh, many times lead lead up to and uh you know actually live up to the hype yeah absolutely i mean coming into the 16u division here it kind of did seem like it might be buddy buckets and then everybody else and while they did make the run and, and eventually win they definitely were challenged especially on championship sunday i mean i looked up at at one point and the st louis blazers and the semifinals had them down i think 13 14 15 points before they made a big run to come back and win that one uh, and then you mentioned the championship game against BTR. That was that was incredible. Uh, BTR did not go away. Marty Perry had 39 points, like you said, and they gave them everything they wanted and more. Uh, was really a great game. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, my biggest takeaway from that is is for Buddy Buggets, when you have guys like Ethan Scott and Sean Padula, you're never out of a game. And uh, those two guys were incredible. Really all spring and all summer long, and, and it continued all the way uh, into the conclusion of the championship game. Those, those two guys were fantastic. You mentioned the St. Louis Blazers. Boy, oh boy, did they have a heck of a first half against Buddy Buckets. They had them down actually at one point by 19 points. It was an insane, insane just outpouring they had 
in that first half. Uh, I believe they scored, uh, I know it was over 50. I, I want to say it was 50, something like 53 to 40 or somewhere around that range uh, at the half. They could not be stopped in the first half. And I know that obviously Buddy Buckets clamped down a little bit in the second half. Uh, that's the only way that they could win the game and ended up going on to win 89 to 80. Um, but you still have to give them a lot of credit. The St. Louis Blazers played arguably outside of BTR, taking them to overtime. One of the toughest games this Buddy Buckets team saw all year, and they ended up 52-3 and with those three losses, one of them coming to the Peach Jam champions, Team Griffin 16U, uh, one of them coming at the hands of Team Griffin 17U, which they avenged later on, and another loss, the last one, um, but not least, coming to a very, very good squad. So, I mean, you look at it, this, that to be able to take a team like the St. Louis Blazers did, you got to give the St. Louis Blazers a lot of credit, and uh, they certainly have a lot of talent on their team. Absolutely, yeah, it was it was fun to watch them. Obviously, uh, I'm I'm local to St. Louis, so I've been able to follow those guys real closely, and and I was obviously there for every one of their games in Wichita. Uh, they're just a team that really thrives on on creating chaos and and they get in your face and they trap and they press and they like to force turnovers and get out on the break. Uh, really unbalanced and and unselfish squad. I'm sorry, a balanced and unselfish squad. Uh, they had several guys who really stepped up and and had a really nice weekend. Uh, a trio in the backcourt that I'd like to highlight: Stanford, Marcus Jackson, and Rico Singleton. All three of those guys can really do it all. They, they sit down and go on the ball. They're opportunistic in the passing lane. Uh, they can shoot it. They can drive it and score. Uh, all three of those guys were fantastic. Nigel Vaughn had a really big for the Blazers. Uh, only 5'11". He's built like a college linebacker. Really, really strong frame. Just tough to the rim. He was able to bully his way it. And then later on, you know, he's facing some guys that are a little bit taller and, and could kind of match his physicality. He started to show some finesse. He was, he was knocking down some floaters and hitting some nice pull-up jumpers. He was strong for him. Uh, Marcus Pepper, the point guard, uh, I thought his stock rose as much as anyone over the weekend. You know, if, if there was a time when the Blazers needed a stop, he was going to sit down and get it for you. He'll force the turnover. If they need a bucket, he was the guy that would create one. Uh, just super poised and consistent all weekend. Great season, like you said, for the Blazers. Uh, we're looking forward to see what they have going on in the future. I'm with you there, uh, without a shadow of a doubt. Now let's go through, I want to go through BTR's road. Uh, their road started with a bye, and then they got Tulsa Hawks Blue Squad, uh, where, uh, you know, give some credit to the Tulsa Hawks Blue Squad. Uh, they had a blue and a white team in the 16U bracket, both uh, tough teams, tough outs, and they, they got a good first-round victory before falling to a very good BTR team. And then it was Missouri Flight Blue who gave BTR everything they wanted and more Curtis, taking them down to two points. I mean, this Missouri Flight Blue program as a whole, there's one thing we know, they're going to be competitive at every every single age. You know, their, their 17U Missouri Flight Blue squad made a, made a really nice run and had a great, great season. Uh, and, and it looks like the 16-year-old, uh, 16 and under group is going to be able to move up there and do some of the same next year. Uh, they really, really came on strong towards the end of the summer, uh, made a very nice run. And, and like you mentioned, they took on BTR who, you know, like we said, made it all the way to the final game and, and forced overtime. And that was a two point game. It was back and forth throughout. It was exciting. Both teams were matching each other bucket for bucket. Uh, and it really could have gone either way. So we were close there to seeing a, a pretty impressive upset. So, yeah, hats off to Missouri Flight Blue for sure. And, and then obviously BTR for hanging on there and, and surviving and advancing. And in the bottom half there of that quadrant, uh, two more squads I want to make sure and highlight. SSA Hoops Elite Black, the seven seed overall. Uh, they lived up to the seven seed. They really did. I mean, ended up falling to BTR by two as well in that next round. So BTR had a couple of close games there, and it was not an easy road for them to get where they got. Uh, and I also got to highlight Oklahoma Power, who made a run inside to the Sweet 16. Uh, they once again lived up to their 10 seed um, until falling to that SSA hoop squad, which was the 7 seed. Really good teams there overall. I'd like to see that a lot. Um, thought that was a lot of positives. And in the bottom half, Playball Nation is the team that comes out on top against Team KC Black, uh, who they put up a fight. Uh, I mean, they put up a really good fight. 
but it was uh, PB Nation making that run, uh, Curtis, and ended up going into a very highly contested uh, game with BTR in the semifinals, and uh, BTR advanced, but it's no slight to PB Nation. They had an awesome year uh, on the circuit uh, uh, here on the Prep Poop Circuit. Look at that 17U bracket, and we talked about some of those teams that were seated in, in the 30s or the 40s even that made those deep runs. Uh, a little bit different in the 16U region uh, where it was a little bit more chalk. So when you got down to the final four, I think we had uh, maybe the one, two, three, and five, I think it was. And, and Playball Nation there at the three seed, uh, they were definitely worthy of that. They, they proved it, uh, you know, all throughout the weekend. They were impressive. And, and again, uh, you know, gave, gave BTR everything they wanted there in the final four and just eventually came up just a little bit short. Let's move uh, quickly in the last few minutes here on the podcast this week, and we appreciate everyone tuning in. Uh, to the 15U bracket, uh, 15U uh, was a just a war, and it's a it was a lot of honestly what we expected. You mentioned chalk, and that's a great time to bring up this bracket. But there was a few outliers: Team Griffin, Dallas Showtime, Chauncey Billups Elite. If you'd have told me those three make the Final Four before the weekend, I'd told you okay. You know, I probably go with that. That makes a lot of sense. But Pluto prospects. Coming out of the top quadrant, I didn't see. The old school wings, we both know because we saw them in St. Louis, a very, very talented team. Uh, they have a bright future. Uh, I think, you know, they're just 15. They've got two years left. The old school wings are going to be a team uh, nationally to keep an eye on because they can, you know, upset if they keep this group together. They can literally upset, you know, some high, high level teams. And for whatever weekend, I didn't. Uh, for whatever reason, I didn't see the game this that weekend uh, that they ended up following. But they they actually got upset in the first round by a tough Oklahoma Eagles elite squad. That was the shock of the tournament uh, of any age for me. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely have to agree with that. You know, the the one thing I will say uh, for the Wings is is they were kind of bit by the same bug that we saw uh, in, in some of our other regional sites. Uh, where one of their top players, a, a really, really impressive guard, and Car- Carl Battery Jr., uh, was actually at the NCAA camp. So he wasn't there. Uh, now, they still have plenty of firepower with, with Colby Garland and, and Christian Moore and others. Uh, but when you lose a guy like that, you know, that you've been playing with throughout the entire summer, it's definitely going to change the chemistry, and other guys need to step up. Um, it looks like they just ran into a hot team there early on and, and weren't able to overcome it. Yeah, unfortunate for them, and I, I want to give the credit, you know, I think it can be misconstrued sometimes, so I'll be very clear. I want to give the credit to Oklahoma Eagles Elite because, I mean, no matter what, they showed up and got that big, big win. Um, you know, it's not a shot against old, old school wings whatsoever. I mean, like you said, one, they were down a player, but honestly, it's basketball. Anybody can win. I mean, it's just show up and play. When you get to the finals, I think it just shows how deep, the brackets were at all the ages, but especially this 15U age, when you have one of the last seeds that gets in the tournament, the Oklahoma Eagles elite, they go on this run beating the the top team. Now, they did end up falling to NLHA, the 18 seed, uh, as NLHA moved on. But coming through that quadrant still was Pluto Prospects. Uh, their run started, uh, you know, a big, big win against Rocky Mountain Fever after getting a bye. And then you roll into that game with an LHA, and they got a 21-point victory. So you got to give it up to them uh, for what they were able to do this weekend without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, Team Griffin came out of that uh, other bottom half of the quadrant. Uh, Like I said, that was really no surprise. You look at their road, think of anything, it's a little bit of surprise. Some teams gave them a run. I mean, they didn't have the easiest of roads. Uh, AAO flight. Uh, gave them a run for their money uh, in the in the Sweet 16. Uh, before that, uh, you look at they played SSA Hoops Elite White, and that kind of warmed them up. They got they got a big victory over them, but then when they played the SSA Hoops Elite Black Squad, that just so happened to meet them in the Elite Eight uh, after they played AO Flight, that was a dogfight, three point game. Team Griffin's able to come out on top, and then that matches them up from the other side. Chauncey Billups. They, they brought it. I mean, they really brought it. Uh, the guard they have, Reynolds is his last name. 
he's got a lot of uh, you know game to him, and I, I thought he had a really good weekend, Curtis. And overall, Billups, they didn't pull it out and make it to the championship game, but they lived up to their four seed in making the Final Four. Absolutely. It was a, a really nice way to cap off them. Um, like you said, impressive run. And, uh, you know, that, that Dallas Showtime squad was, was really, really good uh, that they wound up facing there in the Final Four. Uh, and that was a good game, a great game. I, I think it wound up being uh, decided by, I know, it was single digits, maybe maybe six, seven, eight points. Uh, really impressive run for them. Like you said, they absolutely lived up to the billing of that four seed, and it was a, it was a great year for them. And last but not least, uh, we do have to talk about Dallas Showtime because, boy, they had a great run this year. They really did. They were the one seed in this region for a reason. Uh, they lived up to it. They didn't end up winning it, but they got to the championship game. Uh, and about the time I knew, holy cow, okay, this is this is wild. They played the 16 seed, Oklahoma Hoops. And i got to give Oklahoma Hoops a lot of love. I mean, they got a, a really good 15U squad that I think going forward um, if they can keep this group together with Caden, Vandy, Sullivan, I mean, it goes on and on, blew it at the point. They got a lot of players, and they took them to a five-point game. But it was the next game, the Ferguson Elite game. They beat them 63-39, to and that's after Ferguson's coming off a major blowout win over Oklahoma Power Elite. So I honestly just a little bit shocked uh, at how big that win was. They came back after that win, and in the Final Four, uh, they beat Chauncey Billups Elite by eight in a game that was maybe a little closer than the score would lead to be uh, believed. But they just ran out of gas against a very good Team Griffin squad uh, that ends up going on to win this bracket. And you got to give a lot of credit to their head coach, Teddy Owens, for getting them ready. Uh, Kevin Overton had a big day. Uh, Jeremiah Johnson had a big day. And the list goes on and on. Um, I like the uh, I like the point guard they have a lot. Holloman, I think he's got a future. And when you look at this Team Griffin squad, and you know he's a little undersized, but as he continues to grow on the court, and even just off the court in size, I think he's got a bright future. Absolutely, no doubt about it. And you know that's definitely a team that will make some noise as they continue to progress forward over the next couple of years. And and really excited to see what comes with the Dallas Showtime squad. Uh, really going to be interesting to see how that team grows. Uh, and I say grow for a reason. They have five guys on that roster right now uh, that are 6'5 or taller and at the 15U. So there's room for growth. That's going to be a huge and athletic and talented team moving forward. Excited to see what they have coming in the future. I'm with you. I'm with you. I think it is. Uh, and last but not least, i got to give some love to the 14U guys really quickly. And that is Team Buddy Buckets. Taking it home. Uh, the one seed faces the two seed, Curtis. So, well, hey, we we thought it would be Team Buddy Buckets and AAO, and it was Team Buddy Buckets and AAO. It was a great uh, championship game. Uh, give credit also to PV Nation as the six seed made the Final Four and Oklahoma Wolfpack, who also makes the Final Four before falling to Team Buddy Buckets. But uh, that's, that's a couple young teams to, hey, keep your eye on. Uh, keep your eye out there for him, but uh, definitely Buddy Bucket's got a bright future there and AO Flight. Well, I appreciate the time, Curtis, so much uh, for you joining me. Um, I, um, you know, Any last thoughts that you have? Uh, wow. You know, I, I don't know what your expectations were you know, going into the circuit this year, uh, but I, I just got to give you and, and everyone there with Prep Hoops kudos. It, it was fantastic. Uh, definitely exceeded my expectations, and, you know, I'm getting – emails and, and texts and phone calls and updates every day about some some changes and things that we're going to be making. And it's just going to be really, really exciting moving forward. Great stuff, great events, great coverage. Uh, appreciate all that you do and, and really appreciate you having me on. That was Curtis Wilkerson joining me here on the Prep Circuit Podcast. Really appreciate his time and the kind words. Uh, thanks so much, Curtis, for all the great stuff that you did for the prep hoop circuit and uh you know yeah it was a team effort we have a lot of moving parts and moving pieces that go into it so i always want to give some love to our events team andrew krupke uh, for doing a wonderful job booking everything and getting all that uh, facility stuff done as well as staffing Dean Holmes, as most of you programs that are listening uh, know mrs holmes very very well uh, nick carroll for even allowing us to do it and have have uh, the opportunity here to do it as well as Jake Phillips and many many others and then you go to the back room you gotta give gotta give a, uh, Josiah our graphics man a big shout out if you like the graphics we have 
it's all Josiah. It is not me. I promise you that. He is a master with it. Travis Anderson for keeping us on the web. Jack Borman for helping us out on the national uh, Twitter account. Uh, he always does a great job with anything social media. Ryan James, Scott Burgess, those are two guys that did some national stuff with us all year long on the prep hoop circuit, as well as uh, Curtis and so many other writers uh, that helped us out. Uh, but I can't leave out Kevin Grow. If you ever wondered where do the prep hoops power scores come from, that's our man, Kevin Grow, who uh, does just a tremendous job uh, all year long, you know, getting the power scores out, getting them accurate uh, and ready to go. So appreciate all those guys and uh, and gals and and many more. There, it's not just uh, those. I mean, there's there's other people that obviously play a big role into it. So very thankful for everyone who helped out. Before we get out of here, I want to go over a few things. Uh, that is, uh, first off, we got to get to our 17U All Grind Region teams. Uh, we had several, but I mainly want to highlight the first two teams that we had. And starting with Deontay Blanche, who just recently committed to Murray State. Uh, he's going. He's following the path of John Morant, you know. I mean, very, very cool to see. Uh, he, with Team Spades, had an awesome year. Sededrin Hall, otherwise known as Day-Day Hall for Dallas Showtime, makes the first team. Easton Hunter for NLHA. I'm telling you right now, Easton's a kid that hey, you, you want to know if you're a college coach. Uh, at the D2 level, he's a good guy that's going to have a big impact. Daniel Abreu. With Missouri Flight, he just had an awesome year. Big time um, kid on the court. I mean, he's he's got great personality. Just really impressed me a lot. Not just on the court, but off the court. Love him and uh, looking forward to seeing where he ends up. You know, we'll we'll see. Uh, he's got a lot of great options, though. That's for sure. So uh, he's got a lot of really great D two options, including the national champs that have offered him. But he also has some D one options. So. Uh, it will be interesting to see where Daniel ends up. And last but not least, on the first team, the centerpiece, Sam Godwin, Team Buddy Buckets. Just picked up an offer from North Texas uh, to add to his D1 offer list with Army. Uh, and so it's his first squad outside of the academy that's a D1 that offers. Uh, really cool for him to get that. And I think you'll start to see more come because this kid in the championship game was literally everywhere on the court you talk about the most active the best motor on that court for the 17 championship game was sam godwin he was blocking shots he was talking a little bit which i've never even seen him hardly do but he's starting to get that little bit of swagger streak to him that you, you kind of like i mean you don't want a guy to be off the rails and he's definitely not he's calm collected but in those big moments of competition he's ready to go man and he, he loves to win that's what drives him and i love that about him uh, speaking of Team Buddy Buckets, they had two members also make the second team. Christian Cook, who had an outstanding year on the wing, can shoot the three, is athletic, can dunk uh, with the best of them as well. Jordan Thompson at the point had a good year for Team Buddy Buckets. He makes the second team. And keeping it within Oklahoma, the third member of the 17U All-Grind Region second team is Nate Goodlow with Team Griffin as he had an awesome year. Uh, leading that squad on at the point, playing off the ball. Did a little bit of everything for him. Just an absolute competitor. That's a kid that colleges are going to want to start to target more uh, than what he's currently getting. I think he was a little bit of an undervalued guy uh, going throughout this summer. Elliot Pascal is another one of those guys that I think is undervalued with AO Flight, um, Ham, Lawson Jenkins, Drew Miller. I mean, that list goes on and on with that AO Flight team. They've got a lot of college players that I think are going to be a big impacts at the D2 level. And then Jacob Hester with Team Spates. He's getting some D2 looks. He's getting some D1 looks. I mean, he's a guy that is going to have an opportunity to make an impact uh, sooner rather than later. And I would just say, look out for him. Look out for him. Our 16U list hasn't yet been published, but I'm going to give you a little sneak peek. That's right. Uh, I can tell you that three guys that I know for sure will make the list for the first team. I also know the other two, but I gotta leave some suspense. Uh, so we'll go with the two teams that were in the championship game. Marty Perry will be making the 16U all grind region first team for BTR. He just had a great, great year. Uh, coming off injury uh, last couple years, I mean, he just really burst onto the scene and brought it and lived up to everything I had heard about him and more. 39 point performance in the championship game. I will go back to it and just, man, it was a great game uh, by him, so kudos to him. Looking forward to see where he goes from here as 
things can only go up. Uh, and then Ethan Scott, who is our three-point champion, uh, also got to give some love to our dunk champ, Alex. Hey, shout out to Alex uh, from Texas Elite. But I, I've got to go, uh, you know, with the 16U, and it was the best no-knock against any other 16U player on our prep hoop circuit, but I thought this kid had the best year period out of anyone at the 16U level, and that is Sean Padula, who will be our player of the year for the grind region in the 16U bracket, without a doubt. I mean, he brought it each and every game, and you're starting to see the offers come in, which is cool to see a kid like Sean start to pull in some offers. He has two D1 offers right now, and I think by the time we roll around to the prep hoop circuit next year in April, he's going to have six or seven offers uh, after his high school season, and it's just going to continue to grow. And what I love about this kid is, no, he's not on a shoe team. But I tell you what he does. He competes his tail off, and when he gets to face those shoe teams, we saw some outstanding performance. I mean, I, I go back to when he played the Peach Jam Champs, best best 16U team in the land, in my opinion, in the whole country, Team Griffin. It was very early in April, um, but it was early for everyone. And he's able to drop a 30-plus point performance. One of the best performances I saw against that caliber of a team, period, across the country all year long. And that goes from all the times I was out in the West Coast uh, to up north, uh, all the above. I mean, there, there's a lot of talented kids. Uh, I have to mention Chucky Hepburn. I know he's not in this region, but he's up there with Sean Padula. Uh, but I personally uh, would give the edge slightly just based on what the year that Sean Padula had uh, on both ends of the court to him in a very close one. I would like to see Chucky, if you're listening, uh, Team Factory, if you're listening, I got to see a Sean Padula Chucky Hepburn matchup in the next year because I think that would be a big time, big time matchup. Uh, but I think between the two teams, it'd be a big time matchup. Team Factory, very, very good. Team Buddy Buckets, very, very good as well. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this last edition for the Grind region. Uh, last but not least, uh, we still have more content coming from the Prep Hoop Circuit, so continue to follow the Twitter account, PH Circuit, and uh, as well as myself, I'll continue to keep you updated. Uh, but I am going to wrap up this one. Uh, I am your host, Matt Reynolds. We'll be back, who knows when, but before long, uh, we will be giving you many, many great news of our updates that we will have for next year, our new regions we're going to be going into, uh, and our... Uh, plans that hey we have for the future so looking forward to it as the prep hoop circuit continues to grow expand and most of all come back bigger and better